Psalm 46 of the Treasury of David. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elida Blair. The Treasury of David, Volume 2, by Charles Spurgeon. Psalm 46. Title to the chief musician he who could sing other psalms so well was fitly entrusted with this noble ode trifles may be left to commoner songsters but the most skilful musician in israel must be charged with the due performance of this song with the most harmonious voices and choicest music for the sons of koran one atoned cannot fulfil the praise there must be picked choristers under him whose joyful privilege it shall be to celebrate the service of song in the house of the Lord. As to why the horns of Korah were selected, see our remarks at the head of Psalm 42. It may well be to add that there were a division of the Levites who took their turn in serving at the temple. All the works of holy service ought not to be monopolized by one order of talent. Each company of believers should in due course enjoy the privilege. None ought to be without a share in the service of God. A Song Upon Alamot Which may denote that the music was to be pitched high for the treble or soprano voices of the Hebrew virgins. They went forth in their dances to show the praises of David when he smote the Philistine. It was meet that they should make merry and be glad when the victories of Jehovah became their theme. We need to praise God upon virgin hearts, with souls chased towards His fear, with lively and exalted expressions, and gladsome strains. Or the word alamot may refer to shrill-sounding instruments, as in First Chronicles 15, verse 20, where we read that Zechariah and Eliab and Benaiah were to praise the Lord with psalteries on alamot. We are not always in a slovenly manner, to fall into one key, but with intelligence are to modulate our praises and make them fittingly expressive of the occasion and the joy it creates in our souls. These old musical terms cannot be interpreted with certainty, but they are still useful because they show that care and skill should be used in our sacred music. Subject Happen what may, the Lord's people are happy and secure, this is the doctrine of the psalm, and it might, to help our memories, be called the song of holy confidence. Were it not that from the great reformer's love to this soul-stirring hymn, it will probably be best remembered as Luther's psalm. Division It is divided by inspired authority into three parts, each of which ends with Selah. Exposition God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. 1. God is our refuge and strength. Not our armies or our fortresses. Israel's boast is in Jehovah, the only living and true God. Others vaunt their impregnable castles, 
placed on inaccessible rocks and secured with gates of iron. But God is a far better refuge from distress than all these. And when the time comes to carry the war into the enemy's territories, the Lord stands his people in better stead than all the valor of legions or the boasted strength of chariot and horse. Soldiers of the cross, remember this, and count yourselves safe, and make yourselves strong in God. Forget not the personal possessive word, Our. Make sure each one of your portion in God, that you may say, He is my refuge and strength. Neither forget the fact that God is our refuge just now, in the immediate present, as truly as when David penned the word. God alone is our all in all. All other refuges are refuges of lies. All other strength is weakness, for power belongeth unto God. But as God is all-sufficient, our defense and might are equal to all emergencies. A very present help in trouble, or in distresses he has so been found, he has been tried and proved by his people, he never withdraws himself from his afflicted, he is their help, truly, effectually, constantly. He is present or near them, close at their side and ready for their succor. And this is emphasized by the word eerie. In our version, he is more present than friend or relative can be, yea, more nearly present than even the trouble itself. To all this comfortable truth is added the consideration that his assistance comes at the needed time. He is not as the swallows that leave us in the winter. He is a friend in need and a friend indeed. When it is very dark with us, let brave spirits say, Come, let us sing the forty-sixth psalm. A fortress firm and steadfast rock is God in time of danger, a shield and sword in every shock from foe well known or stranger. 2. Therefore, how fond the psalmist is of therefores! His poetry is no poetic rapture without reason. It is as logical as a mathematical demonstration. The next words are a necessary inference from these. Wilt not we fear? With God on our side, how irrational would fear be? Where he is all power, is, and all love, why, therefore, should we quail? Though the earth be removed, though the basis of all visible things should be so convulsed as to be entirely changed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the firmest of created objects should fall to headlong ruin and be submerged in utter destruction. The two phrases set forth the most terrible commotions within the range of imagination and include the overthrow of dynasties, the destruction of nations, the ruin of families, the persecutions of the church, the reign of heresy, and whatever else may at any time try the faith of believers. Let the worst come to the worst, the child of God should never give way to mistrust. Since God remaineth faithful, there can be no danger to his cause or people. When the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the heavens and the earth shall pass away in the last general conflagration, we shall serenely behold the wreck of matter and the crash of worlds, 
for even then our refuge shall preserve us from all evil, our strength shall prepare us for all good. 3. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, when all things are excited to fury and reveal their utmost power to disturb, faith smiles serenely. She is not afraid of noise, nor even of real force. She knows that the Lord stilleth the raging of the sea, and holdeth the waves in the hollow of his hand, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Alps and Andes may tremble, but faith rests on a firmer basis, and is not to be moved by swelling seas. Evil may ferment, wrath may boil, and pride may foam, but the brave heart of holy confidence trembles not. Great men who are like mountains may quake for fear in times of great calamity, but the man whose trust is in God needs never be dismayed. Selah In the midst of such a hurly-burly, the music may well come to a pause, both to give the singers breath and ourselves time for meditation. We are in no hurry, but can sit us down and wait while earth dissolves and mountains rock and oceans roar. Ours is not the headlong rashness which passes for courage. We can calmly confront the danger and meditate upon terror, dwelling on its separate items and united forces. The pause is not an exclamation of dismay, but merely a rest in music. We do not suspend our song in alarm, but retune our harps with deliberation amidst the tumult of the storm. It were well if all of us could say, Sila, under tempestuous trials. But alas, too often we speak in our haste, lay our trembling hands bewildered among the strings, strike the lyre with a rude crash, and mar the melody of our life-song. 4. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. 5. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her, and that right early. 6. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. 7. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. 4. There is a river. Divine grace, like a smoothly flowing, fertilizing, full, and never-failing river, yields refreshment and consolation to believers. This is the river of the water of life, of which the church above as well as the church below partakes evermore. It is no boisterous ocean, but a placid stream. It is not stayed in its course by earthquakes or crumbling mountains. It follows its serene course without disturbance. Happy are they who know from their own experience that there is such a river of God. The streams whereof, in their various influences, for they are many, shall make glad the city of God, by assuring the citizens that Zion's Lord will unfailingly supply all their needs. The streams are not transient like Cherith, nor muddy like the Nile, nor furious like Kishon, nor treacherous like Job's deceitful brooks, neither are their waters naught like those of Jericho, 
They are clear, cool, fresh, abundant, and gladdening. The great fear of an eastern city in time of war was lest the water supply should be cut off during a siege. If that were secured, the city could hold out against attacks for an indefinite period. In this verse, Jerusalem, which represents the church of God, is described as well supplied with water, to set forth the fact that in seasons of trial all sufficient grace will be given to enable us to endure unto the end. The church is like a well-ordered city, surrounded with mighty walls of truth and justice, garrisoned by omnipotence, fairly built and adorned by infinite wisdom. Its burgesses the saints enjoy high privileges. They trade with far-off lands, they live in the smile of the king. And as a great river is the very making and mainstay of a town, so is the broad river of everlasting love and grace their joy and bliss. The church is peculiarly the city of God, of his designing, building, election, purchasing, and indwelling. It is dedicated to his praise, and glorified by his presence. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. This was the peculiar glory of Jerusalem, that the Lord within her walls had a place where he peculiarly revealed himself. And this is the choice privilege of the saints, concerning which we may cry with wonder. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? To be a temple for the Holy Ghost is the delightful portion of each saint. To be the living temple for the Lord our God is also the high honor of the church in her corporate capacity. Our God is here called by a worthy title, indicating his power, majesty, sublimity, and excellency. And it is worthy of note that under this character he dwells in the church. We have not a great God in nature and a little God in grace. No, the church contains as clear and convincing a revelation of God as the works of nature, and even more amazing in the excellent glory which shines between the cherubim overshadowing that mercy seat which is the center and gathering place of the people of the living God. To have the Most High dwelling within her members is to make the church on earth like the church in heaven. 5. God is in the midst of her. His help is therefore sure and near. Is she besieged, then he is himself besieged within her and we may be certain that he will break forth upon his adversaries. How near is the Lord to the distresses of his saints, since he sojourns in their midst! Let us take heed that we do not grieve him. Let us have such respect to him as Moses had when he felt the sand of Horeb's desert to be holy, and put off his shoes from off his feet when the Lord spake from the burning bush. She shall not be moved. How can she be moved unless her enemies move her lord also? His presence renders all hope of capturing and demolishing the city utter ridiculous. The lord is in the vessel, and she cannot, therefore, be wrecked. God shall help her. Within her he will furnish rich supplies, and outside her walls he will lay her foes in heaps, like the armies of Sennacherib, when the angel went forth and smote them, and that right early. As soon as the first ray of light proclaims the coming day, 
at the turning of the morning god's right arm shall be outstretched for his people the lord is up between times we are slow to meet him but he is never tardy in helping us impatience complains of divine delays but in very deed the lord is not slack concerning his promise man's haste is often folly but god's apparent delays are ever wise and when rightly viewed are no delays at all to-day the bands of evil may environ the church of god and threaten her with destruction but ere long they shall pass away like the foam on the waters and the noise of their tumult shall be silent in the grave the darkest hour of the night is just before the turning of the morning and then even then shall the lord appear as the great ally of his church six the heathen raged the nations were in a furious uproar they gathered against the city of the lord like wolves ravenous for their prey they foamed and roared and swelled like a tempestuous sea the kingdoms were moved a general confusion seized upon society the fierce invaders convulsed their own dominions by draining the population to urge on the war and they desolated other territories by their devastating march to jerusalem crowns fell from royal heads ancient thrones rooked like trees driven of the tempest powerful empires fell like pines uprooted by the blast everything was in disorder and dismay seized on all who knew not the lord he uttered his voice the earth melted with no other instrumentality than a word the lord ruled the storm he gave forth a voice and stout hearts were dissolved proud armies were annihilated conquering powers were enfeebled at first the confusion appeared to be worse confounded when the element of divine power came into view the very earth seemed turned to wax the most solid and substantial of human things melted like the fat of rams upon the altar but anon peace followed the rage of man subsided hearts capable of repentance relented and the implacable were silenced how mighty is a word from god how mighty the incarnate word oh that such a word would come from the excellent glory even now to melt all hearts in love to jesus and to end forever all the persecutions wars and rebellions of men seven the lord of hosts with us this is the reason for all zion's security and for the overthrow of her foes the lord rules the angels the stars the elements and all the hosts of heaven and the heaven of heavens are under his sway the armies of men though they know it not are made to subserve his will this generalissimo of the forces of the land and the lord high admiral of the seas is on our side our august ally woe unto those who fight against him for they shall fly like smoke before the wind when he gives the word to scatter them the god of jacob is our refuge Emmanuel is Jehovah of hosts, and Jacob's God is our high place of defense. When this glad verse is sung to music worthy of such a jubilate, well may the singers pause and the players wait a while to retime their instruments. 
Here, therefore, fitly stands that solemn, stately, peaceful note of rest, Selah. 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. 9. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. 10. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord. The joyful citizens of Jerusalem are invited to go forth and view the remains of their enemies, that they may mark the prowess of Jehovah and the spoil which his right hand hath won for his people. It were well if we also carefully noted the providential dealings of our covenant God, and were quick to perceive his hand in the battles of his church. Whenever we read history, it should be with this verse sounding in our ears. We should read the newspaper in the same spirit, to see how the head of the church rules the nations for his people's good, as Joseph governed Egypt for the sake of Israel. What desolations he hath made in the earth! The destroyers he destroys, the desolators he desolates. How forcible is the verse at this date! The ruined cities of Assyria, Babylon, Petra, Bashan, Canaan, are our instructors, and in tables of stone record the doings of the Lord. In every place where his cause and crown have been disregarded, ruin has surely followed. Sin has been a blight on nations, and left their palaces to lie in heaps. In the days of the writer of this psalm, there had probably occurred some memorable interposition of God against his Israel's foes, and as he saw their overthrow, he called on his fellow citizens to come forth and attentively consider the terrible things in righteousness which had been wrought on their behalf. Dismantled castles and ruined abbeys in our own land stand as memorials of the Lord's victories over oppression and superstition. May there soon be more of such desolations. To gloomy piles, ye tombs of living men, ye sepulchres of womanhood, or worse, ye refuges of lies, soon may ye fall, and mid your ruins may the owl and bat and dragon find congenial resting place. 9. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. His voice quiets the tumult of war, and calls for the silence of peace. However remote and barbarous the tribe, he awes the people into rest. He crushes the great powers till they cannot provoke strife again. He gives his people profound repose. He breaketh the bow, the sender of swift-winged death he renders useless. And cutteth the spear in sunder, the lance of the mighty man he shivers. He burneth the chariot in the fire. The proud war-chariot, with his death-dealing scythes, he commits to the flames. All sorts of weapons he piles, heaps on heaps, and utterly destroys them. 
so was it in Judea in the days of yore, so shall it be in all lands in eras yet to come. Blessed deed of the Prince of Peace, when shall it be literally performed? Already the spiritual foes of his people are despoiled of their power to destroy. But when shall the universal victory of peace be celebrated, and instruments of wholesale murder be consigned to ignominious destruction? How glorious will the ultimate victory of Jesus be in that day of his appearing, when every enemy shall lick the dust? 10. Be still and know that I am God. Hold off your hands, ye enemies. Sit down and wait in patience, ye believers. Acknowledge that Jehovah is God, ye who feel the terrors of his wrath. Adore him, and him only, ye who partake in the protections of his grace. Since none can worthily proclaim his nature, let expressive silence muse his praise. The boasts of the ungodly and the timorous forebodings of the saints should certainly be hushed by a sight of what the Lord has done in past ages. I will be exalted among the heathen. They forget God, they worship idols, but Jehovah will yet be honored by them. Reader, the prospects of missions are bright, bright as the promises of God. Let no man's heart fail him. The solemn declarations of this verse must be fulfilled. I will be exalted in the earth. Among all people, whatever may have been their wickedness or their degradation, either by terror or love, God will subdue all hearts to himself. The whole round earth shall yet reflect the light of his majesty. All the more because of the sin and obstinacy and pride of man shall God be glorified when grace reigns unto eternal life in all corners of the world. 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. It was meet to sing this twice over. It is a truth of which no believer wearies. It is a fact too often forgotten. It is a precious privilege which cannot be too often considered. Reader, is the Lord on thy side? Is Emmanuel, God with us, thy Redeemer? Is there a covenant between thee and God, as between God and Jacob? If so, thrice happy art thou. Show thy joy in holy song, and in times of trouble play the man by still making music for thy God. Selah, hear as before, lift up the heart, rest in contemplation after praise. Still keep the soul in tune. It is easier to sing a hymn of praise than to continue in the spirit of praise. But let it be our aim to maintain the uprising devotion of our grateful hearts, and so end our song as if we intended it to be continued. Selah bids the music rest, pause in silence soft and blessed. Selah bids uplift the strain, harps and voices tune again. Selah ends the vocal praise, steal your hearts to God upraise. End of Psalm 46 Recording by Elita Blair, North Mankato, Minnesota